Hello and welcome to Series 2 of the Damn Good Podcast, your one-stop shop for employee benefits and financial education to the hospitality industry. Brought to you by Davidson Asset Management. I'm Alex Keddy, or AK56, your host and corporate benefits specialist. In each episode, I'm joined by an expert from a different field within hospitality. From restaurants, to catering, luxury hotel management, to regional operations, we're asking the big questions to help you, our listeners, arm yourself with the knowledge about the three R's, recruitment, retention, and reward, and how employee benefits play a part in that. Who knows, we might even have some laughs along the way. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Series 2 of the Damn Good Podcast. Today we are joined by Adrian Ellis, 2022 Hotelier of the Year and General Manager at the Lowry Hotel Manchester. Great to have you on, Adrian. Thank you for having me on. Looking forward to being part of this conversation this afternoon. Fantastic. Thank you for giving us your time. I think if I list, to start with, I think if I list all your recent accolades and awards, it will take up most of the show. So needless to say, uh, you're a well-recognised, or in Scotland we say Kent, figure within the hospitality arena and respected by your peers. So like all good stories, let's start at the beginning. Can you let our listeners into how you reached where you are now and what your journey has been thus far? Uh, well, yes, I started out um, probably while I, my, my, my education was in Norfolk, so I'm from that part of the world. And uh, the interest in hospitality started for my grandparents, really, who owned or used to own restaurants in uh, Suffolk in Felix, there on that part of the country. And uh, they got me interested in, well, firstly, going to those restaurants and getting the buzz and feel of what restaurants um, felt like in those days in terms of the excitement of service and hospitality. And uh, they also encouraged me, uh, even down to the sort of going to lunch or dinner at their house and serving the meals and so on. It started as simply as that, really, getting some enthusiasm for service and hospitality. And uh, it's them who got me into it. And then my parents were also instrumental in sort of helping me and uh, guiding me in, in looking at courses that were available. And then I started life out as um, doing some uh, education, firstly, in uh, Norwich Hotel School did an HND um, in those days. HNDs were a thing to do, so I did that uh, for about three years in Norwich, and then went on to do my masters at Oxford Brookes University, uh, also in hospitality. So I started out really for my grandparents giving me that enthusiasm for restaurants that they owned, and then my parents encouraged me into education in this uh, in this industry. Fantastic! Yeah, it's fair to say hospitality literally is in your blood, then right from the, right from the right from the the start. And I mean, I guess um, just from that introduction, um, you value and obviously see that there's a there's a mix between individuals that perhaps because I mean one of the things that I know the government's always keen to have in any industry sector is to have people go to university or college or get their qualifications, but sometimes. I always think apprenticeships are, are pretty good to get on the job as well, save you all that sort of expense. So I suppose you've had a bit of a mixture of everything. You had it, as you say, in, in your blood to start with, and then you went and got your qualification afterwards. Yes, and I and HNDs, um, which don't exist anymore, but at the time I was doing an element of sandwich course. So you would end up uh, doing part of it academic and part of it in the industry. So I did uh, two years of that where you were out and about um, and I worked abroad in both those stints in Germany, 
and and you're getting a practical part from that. So you had a good combination, as you said. These days, um, a lot of that practical element comes from apprenticeships, which we still strongly support at the hotel, where you're doing part practical, part academic. Um, but I think I, I met one of my strong uh, pieces of advice to people going into the industry is to get some practical experience. So a lot of my love and enjoyment came from early days of experiencing either restaurants or housekeeping or front office or spa or whatever the department was you're working in, experiencing that in hotels. And that, that, that really does sow the seed for the future. So, you know, I could, the academia part is important to get to the ground knowledge that you need to further your career, depending on what job you end up doing. Um, but the uh, early days of getting some experience, maybe that's a Saturday job, maybe it's a holiday job, maybe it's part of your apprenticeship and or um, a work experience that you do as part of your education. All that is really important to sow the seeds for the future and your future career opportunities. Yeah, and did you get experience um, with regards to perhaps the different departments? I mean, not just when you started out, but also as you went through your sort of general management training, did you learn all the different departments and get experience on those? Yeah, in the early days, you tend to do do the, the things that are most readily available. As it is today, that ends up being sort of restaurant bar work or working on functions and events. And that tends to be what's most readily available. And I did that too in the early days. But then um, what I also say for many graduates that come to end of their degree program uh, or higher education program in this industry is is then to take on um, a management training program, which I still think is is excellent grounding. So. And then typically they would be about uh, a year and a half to two years in length. Uh, typically they rotate you around the hotel um, so you get to see the different departments. And that happened to me too. So I ended up doing a, a small stint in finance, a bit in sales. You end up doing some uh, food and beverage areas. You end up being front of house and, and different departments. So that builds your, over that year and a half to two years, it really gives you good grounding uh, for your future career. So, um, and, and I enjoyed that. I, mine was with um, a company called Commonwealth Holiday Inns of Canada. Don't exist anymore. They more uh, recently became part of the Marriott Group. And um, that it was excellent, excellent experience. And I remember it fondly. And it really does teach you about everything within hotels. And they still exist today. And as I said, anybody coming into the industry, I strongly recommend that as a good route to uh, becoming a general manager or a leader in any of the um, operations uh, within our industry is to take some sort of graduate program, which you can do and, and gives you a good uh, base grounding for, for for what to expect in the future. Yeah, it sounds sounds really good advice that you have that sort of, as you say, a bit of academic sort of experience, but also the, the, the hands-on, which is what it's really about, especially in hospitality, because it is such a people and guest-related experience. Very much um, so. And how, how did you end up? Did you, you mentioned one hotel group. Did you just go there and then work on your way to the lottery? Well, or how, well, how, well yeah. you know, it's always quite hard. There's one or two exceptions of this, but but mostly, um, you know, opportunities along the way lead you to different parts that you take, and that's been the case for many of my friends and for mm -hmm. me too. Uh, there's exceptions to that. I've also got friends who've been in the same company for 35 years and they've never moved. And uh, wow. they but they never, so, so my, uh, my, experiences have moved really as opportunities have come up so i did that uh, program i just mentioned mm -hmm. to you which was yes. the best part of two years um and then i worked with um, a company called kennedy brooks and i was doing restaurant and bars with them and uh, they got taken over by the forte group which at the time mm -hmm. i was training which is some 30 years ago or so now um they were probably the largest hotel company in the uk and uh, i was such so the some of the properties in the southeast with, with them and also worked at Grosvenor House, which is quite a famous hotel, still is. 
and uh, yeah. I did uh, two or three departments in that hotel too. So so I worked with them, and then you know the the other bits were all also were quite um, gave by fortune rather than planning, I guess, because I went back. Uh, I was on I was on a program with Forte Group, going through the different departments. After I'd done my graduate program, and then I went up to see my parents who lived in Norfolk, and. Um, uh, they said to me, have you seen a new hotel that's being opened in, in Norwich by the airport? And I hadn't, so I just went for a drive down there, and uh, it was still being built. And I got out of the car, and the guy with Wellington Boots approached me and said, what are you doing on our site? It's a building site. You shouldn't be on here. And uh, ended up chatting to him, and he was the owner, in fact. And he took him to his like, little porter cabin, and I chatted to him and his wife for the best part of two hours. And it finished up with him saying, uh, well, if you know so much about hotels, we're just builders. We don't really know much about it, although we're building this 100-bedroom hotel. Why did you go and run it for us? That's <laughs> terrific. So that, so that was completely Serendipity. unplanned. Serendipity. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> unplanned. And, and, you know, I can't really explain to you now why I took it. just felt a good thing at the right time, and it felt quite an exciting project. So there I was at 26 running this hotel, which I hadn't planned to do. Um, out of nowhere and you know there's many junctions in life which just happen not exactly like that but sort of uh by you know by opportune moments rather than by uh master planning for your life or how things are going to go that's that's <laughs> amazing yeah i mean it just shows you as well when you mentioned 26 running a hotel i always think i mean obviously i'm in financial services but when i look at the hospitality industry i just think how many people um you know in the position of that have that sort of experience but also get that you know that responsibility at that young age it's, yeah. it's it can be a terrific um learning in our industry I, in our industry i see more and more of this i think you know if you're um a young person listening today or you're you're going i think you're going to the industry there are lots of opportunities available for people at young ages um you know the, you, you need to work hard at the beginning to get that ground understanding as we just already talked about mm-hmm. but once you through that then the opportunities to grow quickly and fast and get some senior positions are quite high i'd say and uh and, you know, I was lucky to get that at 26. But I think sub 30 is very common these days to get a, a general manager or similar type of role. Yeah, it's it's terrific. And then from there, your career just progressed. And now you're uh, the general manager at the Lowry, as I said at the well, beginning. Well, I did took quite a lot of stops and starts between <laughs> So often Norwich. So after that, what I just told you about yeah. when I was 26, yes. I, uh, again, as uh, an opportuni- opportunistic moment, I... Um, I met my wife, who happened to live in Preston in the northwest, and then uh, uh, we ended up uh, moving up to that part of the world. I uh, took a job at the Victorian Alba Hotel, which was a Granada property, where Granada was famous for being a TV company. And uh, I ran that for a couple of years, and then Granada, you may may or may not remember this, uh, for quite a famous moment in the hospitality history. Uh, they uh, this TV company ended up buying Forte out of almost nowhere, which was quite an amazing story at the time. Yeah. And uh, we only had the Granada only had one hotel, which is what I was running. And that hotel then become became part of the Forte Group. And um, within a year or so of that transition happening, uh, the hotel became a became part of the Meridian Hotel. So uh, oh, it's, yes. uh, it's called, it was called Le Meridian Victorian Albert, quite a mouthful. <laughs> and um, I had a conversation um, with an HR director that came up from London. He said. Uh, would you be interested to do a spell abroad at some point? So I said, well, not with a lot of thought, but possibly. And about eight days later, he called me and said, um, well, we've got an opportunity in Singapore. How about going there for a couple of videos? <laughs> and uh, within a month, I was there. Another sort of unplanned moment. But uh, And, and I, we thought we were going for two years and uh, rented our place out on the basis of that. 
and um, and we ended up being abroad for seventeen years. So um, uh, another sort of another interesting angle with with a, another sort of moral story. That's I think the um, opportunities to working abroad are fantastic in our industry. So as I said, I had seventeen years of which only two were planned, um, and we ended up um, having some time in Singapore, Bali. Um, we were in Norway, in uh, in uh, Poland for a while, Budapest and Azerbaijan, some interesting countries. Um, and the opportunities to work abroad in hospitality are, are, are great. You really have a great chance to travel, see the world. Um, um, and, you know, although languages uh, were required in part, you know, the, the English being the, uh, the business language in almost everywhere I worked, um, it was fine to transfer to those different countries I worked in and fantastic experience. So, yeah, it's a great industry to travel the world and um, uh, experience different cultures. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, it's funny Funny how you mention how uh, your spouses or partners can end up bringing you to different places. You mentioned that you ended up um, right. up in Preston. That's kind of the opposite way for me. I ended up coming from Scotland down to London because of oh. Catherine. So I've been down here for... 15 years um, because of Catherine, really. So that's how I ended up in London. But yeah, it's funny how okay. uh, these things um, yeah, go on. Okay. Yeah. So in previous episodes of this podcast, we've had people like Holly Glover on from Farmcomb Estates and the Cotswolds and Lindsay Southward from Village Hotels talking about the regional challenges within the hospitality industry. And I know that you and the Manchester Hotelier Association have been instrumental in a number of initiatives, but one that launched in 2021 to me stands out where you developed a programme of events to work more closely with schools in the promotion of the industry as a long-term sort of career choice. Um, I'm sure our listeners will be keen to hear how this sort of came about, you know, what stage we're at now, and how successful has it been in rolling out to these other regions? Would you mind sharing yeah. some insight into that, please? Of course, yeah. It's, um, it's a very important project, and this all came about from the fact that um, I think the industry is still going through quite a massive recruitment challenge where we simply don't have enough uh, people applying for the role. So uh, when we started this, uh, if I just take Manchester, we started this in 2021, as you pointed out, and there was something like 4,400 vacancies in hospitality, that's bars, restaurants, hotels, and the like in the city. So huge, huge numbers. And there just simply wasn't enough people either interested or coming in. And we know on the, on the this is on the back of uh, Brexit and our foreign um, members mm-hmm. of staff leaving to go home. And also... Um, we had people just change, change of mind after the pandemic. They were just going off and doing other jobs. So um, this came about with us saying, well, we need to do something more here to get people interested in. And we all were already working quite closely with colleges and universities and trying to get retirees back in um, uh, to work in hospitality and so on. So um, some of the hoteliers got together. We all talked about, let's try to get schools because we, you know, I don't think we're in early enough. So we, whilst we talked to college leavers, and colleges, we don't really go in at school level. So we, we, we embarked on chatting. It started off by chatting with a, a few school teachers. We had a sort of cocktail session in the evening, invited the local schools to come over uh, with their nutrition teachers, their careers leads and so on, and just saying, listen, any chance we can work with you, work closely with you, are you interested in hospitality? Is that something for, for the students to know more about? And they, they absolutely thought that was a fantastic idea, and they're all measured on the something called the Gatsby Principle, which is uh, they have to show that they're working closely with industry outside of their school, and they're measured on this, and uh, therefore working with industry um, of, what, of any nature would be important, but they were very happy to work with hospitality. So so we saw the keenness enthusiasm from them, and then I went back to the Manchester Hotel Association and said, right, hoteliers, would you be interested to be part of a program where we link you up with a school, 
and uh, and try and get um, students interested in in the opportunities that are available and also um, in in hospitality as a career. So um, on the back of it being really challenging to find staff full stop, we we had lots. We had in year one we had twenty uh, two hotels interested. More uh, more recently we've had thirty five through the last year program. And we had 22 schools and then 35 schools in this last year. And, and we matched them up. So one school to one hotel. And we try and do it geographically so they're quite close to each other. And then we run a series of programs for the whole term. So uh, this usually starts with a tour of the hotel. So they're bringing students out from that school, showing them the, we, with this hotel, we've got 14 departments. And, and, and the school students are always amazed to see we've got, you know, maintenance and events departments, departments, and we've got um, a star and we've got uh, finance and all different departments. So they're quite amazed to see, apart from the obvious, that we've got lots of different departments behind the scenes. Um, and then we do a series of other programs to instill in, interest, enthusiasm and awareness for, for the students. So we do, um, uh, we do for, for example, a bed making competition, which is always a lot of fun, <laughs> especially as students often don't make their own bed. <laughs> Um, but uh, but but we do we do this so we we and it's like it's, we do it as a competition so it's yeah. a bit of fun and we we mark them on how fast they're doing it how well they're doing it and just to introduce them to housekeeping we do a, a spa awareness day which is good and then we find that most of the children have been to a wedding or a birthday party before so we do a, a wedding planning session and introduce them to the event department and how to book a wedding so so we do about eight of these programs in the course of a term which is giving awareness to the school students about what's available and the career opportunities that are there. And then that's usually finished at the end of the term. The last two or three months we do uh, a parents' evening. So uh, the, the mums and daughters go back to their parents and say, what is a fantastic day at X, Y, and Z uh, hotel. When they go back, we want the parents to be equally enthused. We bring them over as well, give them an afternoon tea, show them what's available, show them there's careers and not just Saturday jobs. And that also instills some enthusiasm. And then, um, and then we also link that up with colleges. Of course, quite important. You ask about measurements, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But we link them to colleges so that once they've got that enthusiasm after the year's program with us, they can then sign up at local colleges to do um, hotel and catering, or travel and tourism, or hair and beauty at spa. So we, we we encourage them to sign up for the further education parts as well as maybe taking a part-time role. So 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 that's the the bones of the program, and then our measurement is but really done through uh, college sign up. So you know we, we had the first year we had sixty, where we get to measure year two because of course we're over the summer we'll see how many sign up for college courses, but we're hoping that will be a hundred plus this year. Mm -hmm. And these are people who've been on our uh, schools and hotels program, enjoyed it, signed up for a course, and then in a long term these will go into the pipeline of future talent going into. Hotels, yeah. I, I think you have to take as the hoteliers themselves have to take a very generic view on this. It's not necessarily solving their uh, problems of tomorrow, but more for the long term future. The more we do this, the better and the stronger the program uh, becomes of providing a future pipeline of talent. So, 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 so that's that. And you, the, the other bit you asked about was how we're progressing it around the country. So, Masters in its about to start its third year. So, this September will be in year three. Um, and now we're introducing the programs to, to, to other parts of the UK. So I'm doing this through hotel associations, contacting them, introducing the scheme as I just outlined, and then trying to get them interested in schools in their area. And on the basis of that, um, getting them to, to start a similar program. So, so far we've got Liverpool and Chester interested. Uh, we've got Lakes uh, that will started. We've got Newcastle that's starting. Uh, we've got London uh, with a program studying in Cornwall, I'm about to go out to Northern Ireland to speak to their hospitality group there. Hope to get that started as well. So, 
So yeah, we've got quite a lot of interest going, and, and the ambition is to get somewhere between ten and twelve regions started by this September, uh, and 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 more and more as time goes by. So it becomes a, a UK scheme, uh, getting school leavers into hospitality uh, across the whole country. That's terrific. We had a great initiative. I mean, I guess uh, a lot of parents will be happy that you're teaching students to do hospital corners and making their beds, which is terrific. Ah, indeed, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 we, should, we should assess from there how well their bedrooms are looking. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, you've, you've answered my next sort of question, really, pretty much. I mean, I, I was saying that, you know, you champion the importance of the image of the industry and, you know, ensuring that the sector, because your sector's got to stand out from the under, other industry sectors. Yep. And I know that when we've had... Again, other uh, contributors to the podcast, like Esther O'Halloran and John Dawson, they work closely with schools, colleges and universities. And my question really was going to be how important is changing the perception of this industry, the hospitality industry, among the parents of the students. But I think you've eloquently explained yeah. that. But it is, it is probably a really important element of that um, initiative that you're yeah, doing. Yeah, very much. It's, it's, an, it's an eye-opener. I think we, we did it in year one, and we've just done a second round now, and, and we did it on the on the basis that there's about misconceptions. You know, people feel either it's a, uh, it's a job, as I said, I think the general consensus would seem to be it's a job for sort of weekend work or part-time work until you get a real job in Virgin College. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, we want to get over that. Uh, so to, so it was good for parents to see that, you know, you can make a career out of working in the spa or uh, being an events director or, or running the sales department or running a, a restaurant or a kitchen or whatever you might be or general manager as I am. So uh, we wanted to, 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 to put for the mums and dads especially to see that there, there are careers. It's not just something to get a bit of pin money for. You can make a career out of it. And, and I think they were, quite, were pleasantly surprised. They were, you know, interested to see um, what their sons and daughters have been doing, but also interested to see that the range of careers. You know, we've got 130 staff at this hotel, and some are sort of two to 300, the bigger properties. And they're interested to see, you know, the range of work that's available, um, how the staff, you know, how long. I, I also brought these staff members along to talk about their own careers. And I, I've got staff members here with 20 years service, and, you know, uh, they can therefore see it's not something you just do for a few months and move on, that people are making a career and staying long term at property. So, so I think it was quite an eye-opener for all the parents that uh, joined us. Yeah, I certainly am a, I mean, I'm a convert in terms of hospitality. I mean, I, I work, as I say, with a lot of, um, uh, you know, the hospitality industry. And I do think to myself, when you look at what you've just listed before about the responsibilities or the opportunities and working abroad and the skill set that you can learn from in the hospitality, I always think, my goodness, how is that message not getting out to these um, individuals that are going through school and university to think that there's a great opportunity? Because you hear all of them saying, oh, it's hard work and everything. Well, of course, every work's hard. But ultimately, you know, you think to yourself, my goodness, you've got this great opportunity. And maybe it is, as you say, getting some of the sort of younger general managers out there to show that it can be done at an early stage rather than, I always think when I'm I digress a bit, but when I talk about things like pensions, I always think, they look at me and think, God, there's an old guy who's still doing his pension sort of thing. And I think, yeah, but I'm still enthusiastic about it. But sometimes you want the younger generation to demonstrate that there, there's something really positive out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're trying to do as well. That positivity, enthusiasm going by students' interactions. So, and we see abundance of that, which is which is very good news. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose my next sort of point is really, I mean, I, I did notice in the caterer that it mentioned that you had signing up about 60, and I know you've just mentioned there were 100 or so, um, which is terrific and must be commended and applauded. 
However, I always think the Office of National Statistics estimate the vacancies in hospitality are numbered at something like 130,000 plus, and you know there's quite a shortfall there still. And I was going to say, what other sort of plans or initiatives must the industry implement so to tackle this recruitment retention? I mean, you mentioned earlier, do you? I mean, one of the questions I had was, do you see the retired demographics as an opportunity in terms of yeah. people who have got the skills um, who have been in other industries who have retired and want maybe want to come back on a part-time or whatever basis. And what about sort of ex-offenders? Or I know there, there's been a big, there was a thing called the Clink restaurant, I think, but yeah. people from the military also perhaps coming back in, you know, once they've finished their career. Do, do you see other initiatives that could be? Yes, very much so. So, you know, I mentioned the school ones because mm-hmm. that, that I think could, could develop significantly in terms of numbers, but it's absolutely, we're looking at the others too. So we have, um, when I say we, I'm talking about the Hotel Association of the City, which is uh, around 78 hotels. So um, we, between us, are looking at uh, bringing re- retirees back in, and there's been a certain amount of success in, in doing that, uh, where people, I think, have uh, come back into the industry, and we've, we, we are actually looking for that experience and approach from uh, retirees coming in. So that, that's been reasonably successful. We have looked, um, we've, so there are, I think, probably around six at the moment from, so there is a, a Manchester clink here, um, which do exactly as you've just said, uh, these are offenders that have been trained in the restaurant that's in prison campus and they are they're ready to come back into the workforce so there are a number of people who are actually back out uh, working in hospitality as we speak and um, so working with them we also work with um, a number of other good causes so we work with mustard tree which is uh what one of the many associations working after homeless in the city and they're also going through a retraining program so uh, not only are we helping by providing opportunities but we also go and help with their CV preparation, we're getting them ready to go out to the workplace. So we do that sort of preparation part. So several of my colleagues are doing that at this hotel also. And then um, and then we're offering positions. So we, we've got two at this hotel and there's others at other properties too. So these are homeless that are being retrained and going back into the workplace. So we're, we're looking at that um, and we look at all, all, all sorts. You know, I think um, the other thing uh, which has probably got mixed reviews about is uh, people looking further afield than, than, than Europe. Um, so there are many of my colleagues, we've, we've not gone down that route just yet, mm-hmm. but I know some of the hotels in the city have applied for permits, which allow you to recruit from further afield. So, um, some of them are taking from, um, taking employees from India, from Philippines, from Africa and different countries. So they're recruiting that way too. So there's a, a real mixed bag at uh, all those things I just mentioned and trying to tackle the recruitment crisis. Some are bringing, um, external, um, uh, resources in and some are working at trying to get people from in the UK different sources back into the workplace as well as that school program I mentioned. Yeah, great, uh, great, terrific. I mean, as you've mentioned, Adrian, I mean, hospitality offers so many varied opportunities and diverse roles for individuals to work within. Um, are there specific or what roles are proving the hardest to recruit for? I, I mean, you mentioned one I did see again in the like, caterer an article about chefs being quite a challenge. And I think there was yes. a hotel recruiting, as you say, from I think four chefs from India or something. Um, so yeah. is there specific roles or departments are. that are proven there, challenging? Yeah, There are. I'll, I'll finish with chefs probably. I mean, the <laughs> ones that we certainly see are you know, sales and marketing directors, quite challenging to find. Seems to be a very sort of niche market there. Mm. Um, spa directors, also quite difficult to find, as are spa therapists. Wow. There again, wow. a limited number of people going into that field. Um, we find uh, we've, we have had challenges. When I say we, again, I talk about the whole city yes. with finance directors. 
um, again, a bespoke part. So finding people going to finance, I'm not sure all the numbers, but um, that, that might be down. But finance and hospitality does seem to be quite challenging. Certain bespoke jobs have been quite difficult, but then you actually hit the nail on the head with the with the, probably the one that's most challenging is chefs. Um, so there are, there are a vast number of chef vacancies in, in Manchester. We have some at this hotel uh, too, and it's, it's been challenging for quite a long time. We really need more people uh, coming into the industry uh, from a junior, doing apprenticeships and that sort of thing, coming into the industry and, and learning. So what, what we've done here in Manchester, and I hope you'll see more of this happening in the country, we started our own Manchester Hotel Association Chefs Academy. So we started this a few months ago, and the idea behind this is that we, we, we sign up uh, around 10 uh, this year, which are apprentices, basically. It's an, an enhanced apprenticeship scheme, so one per hotel. Uh, they're doing four days in the hotel, one day at college. We use tra uh, Trafford College here, and they're paid for the five days' work, of course. And then uh, they do that for a year and a half with the idea that they're those academies, it's like an enhanced academy here. So what we're getting is the usual um, academia pass passed to them from Trafford College. They get the work experience passed from the hotel. And then Master Hotel Association does things like, for example, we'll do a guest chef night or they'll go and experience a restaurant outside of their normal sphere where we're organized for them to go and tour around and so on. We do a butchery day. So they'll go to a butcher's, a local butcher's here, which they wouldn't normally get a chance at college and get that experience. We'll prepare, we'll prepare a special night when their hotel managers will go along and they'll prepare a dinner and a guest a chef presentation. So we're doing sort of additional things. So hopefully this group, when they come out, this is only the first year, when they come out and they graduate from their first year first year and a half of academy, uh, they feel uh, that's a bit special. They've got an MHA Academy Award, which should be recognized by the community here as, a, as an elite apprenticeship. And uh, this also goes some way to tackling the chef crisis that we see at the moment. It is quite interesting, isn't it? I, well, I find it interesting to find that chefs is the challenge or, or perhaps cooks right. or whatever, because I, I see so many cooking programs, whether it be Saturday Kitchen yeah. or Master Chef, and I yeah. and within Master Chef you have all these different career people from different careers who are all of a sudden really keen in cooking and that. I don't know whether it's just that they just want to be on television and then want to write a book <laughs> or something, I don't know. But I am surprised with the amount of TV coverage of uh, cooking and chefing. I'm surprised that that's the one that uh, proves that proves to be the hardest yeah, yeah. to recruit for. It it's, is. Uh, it's a slight irony there because you're right. It gets a lot of TV coverage, and you know you think therefore you would need to encourage people to go to the industry. But it, it is it, it is tough at the beginning. I think you know um, once you start out, you know you're especially if your uh, your friends are doing other types of roles, and you know the next bit and see if you're a chef, for example, you'll be working evenings and weekends. Um, and it can be quite yes. tiring on your feet all the time and so on. So I think in the early days and, you know, until you got into your stride of doing things, you love the passion and the enjoyment of being a chef, which is his own craft. Mm. Um, it can be tough at the beginning, especially compared to, you know, colleagues who may be having a, you know, I hate to say easier time, but a perceived easier time. <laughs> yes. So, um, so, so, yeah, I think you need to get over that hurdle a bit. But you're, you're right, with it, you can't say or complain that there's no exposure for chefs <laughs> there's, so, there, 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 there's so many cookery programs <laughs> <laughs> well i mean and you you touch on it as well but you said i mean i i've down here in london in the little london bubble southeast bubble but we always hear manchester's buzzing and i, yes. I know there always seems to be a i mean i was in scotland they always seem to be a london-centric sort of focus with as per all industries it wasn't just in hospitality but within the sort of uh, manchester it appears to be bucking the trend with the, you know the salford media center a number of cranes on the skyline you know, the yep. city 
could be seen as a shining example of the government's aims at sort of trying to level up. How is Manchester faring for new openings? And I expect this is a double-edged sword as the, as the talent pool to fishing becomes diminished if there's more openings, I guess. Is that, is that a well, sort of challenge? Well, yes, you, get, de- well, you definitely get a bit of the latter, no question. Uh, but in terms of development, it, it's fierce here. Right? I think um, one of the claims I seem to remember reading recently, there's more cranes in Manchester <laughs> than any other city in, the, in, in Europe. Now, I'm not sure that's a great claim to fame, but it, it's true. And that, and they're building everything there. So it's, of course, not just hospitality. They're building blocks of flats and apartments and, and uh, new new venues are opening in shopping centres and all sorts of things are going on. So that's good for the long-term growth of the city. Uh, but in terms of our industry, I would say it's fairly frenetic. I think people feel that there's uh, growth potential here for many years to come. Um, so let's take my sector, which is hotels. So there was something around 75, 76 so hotels at this time in the city, in the city centre. Um, and that, that, that's true to grow another 12 this year, another 10 the following year, and another 10 the year after. So that's, you know, it almost wow. um, adds yeah. another 40% onto the bedroom stock in three years. Yeah. Um, so that's phenomenal growth. And, and I, I remember reading an article recently saying there's a restaurant a week opening in the city. Um, so, yeah. so no, yeah. no lack of appetite to to grow in, in difficult circumstances because we're far from out of the yeah. woods you know, in the Absolutely. industry at the moment. Whilst we've recovered fairly well from the pandemic, the rising costs are squeezing profit margins, and uh, you know it's not easy, especially in the restaurant trade at the moment, to 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 make make good money. Um, so, but it doesn't seem to be halting the appetite for 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 growth. And, well, yeah. and you know. I think the other the other thing which is definitely happening because I've been to Manchester for some time now. What the other big thing happening in this city is they're bringing people back to live in the city centre. So this was you know previously I remember working here as I said at the Victorian Albert Hotel in the nineties, and uh, was very much a place where there was very few residents in the city. Most people came into the city for activities or or business, uh, but now you have a much bigger swathe of people living here, and therefore of course more trade for the particular restaurant bars and spas. You get more trade from local residents going to 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 those, which is good, and and potentially a bit bit more of a workforce. But but uh, yeah, there's a, to answer your question, there's a, quite a phenomenal uh, uptick yeah. in the number of new businesses opening in in all areas of hospitality, and 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 I think that's going to be the case for a foreseeable future. Brilliant. Well, that's really encouraging to hear that it is, as you say, as long as that you can um, ensure that you carry on with these initiatives to get people to to work within the industry. Um, I appreciate the next question is a bit of a curveball, but I mean, as a general manager, how important do you think the role of HR, and I know you mentioned HR previously when the HR director came along and approached you about your position, uh, how important is the role of HR within the hospitality industry? Well, very important. We, so we've got, um, uh, we've got an HR manager who's been with us for now eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that, that, that role in, in many facets is so crucial for the success of, uh, of what we do. So whilst we've got the onset of technology, which is perhaps an, almost a separate conversation on its own, uh, the importance of having great people looking after them, uh, making sure they've got the right uh, benefits, terms and conditions, and especially the training and development opportunities uh, all of these uh, stand the test of time, and we still very much believe uh, that, that that that's the crucial success of our ho- of the hotel is our people. So, having a good HR director that uh, finds and recruits uh, good team members to join the team, and spends time then making sure we provide, as I said, the right um, uh, environment to 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 work in. So that's a whole mix of things. So we've added a lot more in the last two years or so, but all sorts of conditions from. Um, having um, 
uh, different benefits that we have for, for, for our staff members to use, uh, down to the, the, the things to help improve mental awareness. And we have lots of things for that these days to uh, various um, activities that they can join in, whether they be um, staff events that we put on for everybody or indeed things that they can do on their own. Um, so we do a lot of that. And then very crucially for the, for the career part is to provide them with training so they continue developing and learning in their role and they uh, develop opportunities so they can progress. And we still have, uh, I'm proud to say, we still um, develop or move or transfer sort of around about 25 to 30 people a year into positions. So rather than recruit from outside for, for leadership roles, we try to recruit from within and that's very successful. Um, so, so it's a very crucial role. I don't think that, I don't think over time that's been diminished far from it. If anything, there's extra layers being added on since the pandemic, uh, which weren't there before that makes the HR role so crucial in, in hospitality businesses. That's encouraging to hear. Cause I know that in the past, some people have felt when I've spoken to HR, they felt that perhaps they're not seen as leadership or a strategic partner and they're more seen as sort of mopping up to use the jargon that they use, you know, exercise for the managers just to use HR. But I think there is definitely, as you say, it's a people business. I mean, it, it should be, I mean, I can remember it when before it was HR, it was personnel or something. So it's, it just shows how important yeah. I think that is. And I, well, I think... anybody, and, 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 you know, we, oh, we have a very small team mm-hmm. here in yeah. the big scheme of things. So after myself, I have a team of four execs. Um, so I have a commercial director, mm-hmm. I have a finance director, I have an operations director, and I have an HR director. So uh, the importance very much sits there at the top of sure. the tree. And, uh, and you know, a lot of our discussions are about the future evolution of what we're doing here from a people perspective. So uh, looking at succession planning, who will be our next number twos, who will be the future heads of department, who will be the future execs even. Um, a lot of those come in discussion as well as what we provide for our teams. So we, we do um, engagement surveys every quarter here to see what our team members are thinking. And that, that has shifted, I think, you know, as we move into the sort of post-pandemic era, what employers are looking for in terms of work-life balance, in terms of support, in terms of education, even for for um, educational opportunities. So the perspective of employers has changed quite a bit, I'd say, since the pandemic. And therefore, having a, a team of people that looks at that, and the HR director is not the only one, but it's very in, 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 integral in that. Uh, I think it's crucial for how our business grows. You actually answered my next question. <laughs> you, you must have seen my script, I think. <laughs> I don't know, but, um, yeah, it was basically, uh, you know, how does the Lowry Hotel ensure their employee benefits remain competitive? But it's quite clearly an answer that I know Derek Rostow from uh, the Four Seasons played a lot, pay, placed a lot of credence on it in regularly sur- surveying and communicating with their employees to establish yes. what benefits are important and valued by them. Um, to see how they could be improved. But you said you, you do a quarterly engagement yes. thing, which is really, obviously, it's something that you've put in place and, and see massive yes, value. And, in. And, and, and and as I said earlier, I think that, I think the, um, I, think that I, I can see that there, the employment landscape has changed a lot. So you know, we have a lot more employees now than we had before and lots more doing one or two days rather than a full working week. And, and also their requirements. So people value at their, their leisure time, um, they value other activities they do. They are other activities that we do. There is uh, probably greater credence on different courses that we offer um, and, and more widespread, not just on, on leadership or growing in your career, but also things that we can offer them, whether it be Excel courses or health and safety or environmental course or sustainability, which is such an important subject these days. So offer training and variety of training that we offer is good. And, and also the benefits. So, you know, yeah. we've, we've always had some sort of benefit yeah. program. 
Um, but we know we do uh, various community initiatives now, um, supporting both charitable work as well as our green and sustainability initiatives, uh, which are all seen as you know benefits of coming to workplace that you can be involved in those sort of projects. So, yes, it comes about through our surveys, but also having a sort of close relationship with our uh, colleagues to know a little bit more about what their expectations are and, and how we can better support them. Yeah, I mean, you you, you also mentioned uh, mental uh, well-being sort of awareness, yeah. and of course, you're very involved with the Walk for Wellbeing, which again is coming yes. up in October, which we'll, we'll plug again, which is really important for everybody out there to get involved in. But right. um, because of mental well-being, one of the areas that I, well, as a financial services individual, I always think we're living through a cost of living crisis. I mean, how important do you think financial well-being is? You know, and if you think that mental well-being is important, I mean, I suppose knowing you know, your finances and making sure that you are budgeting correctly. How 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 important is that for your employees, would you say? Yeah, I think it I mean I think for individuals, absolutely so. Um, you know, I mean very generalistic here and you'll know better than <laughs> I, but um but I, I, I in the days of having a final salary pension that's oh, yeah. long gone. Um so there are people who are out on their own now and you go through all sorts of choppy waters, I guess, and now we're going through cost of living crisis. So uh, people are probably not really thinking of saving into pensions and saving for the future. Uh, and I also noticed that even with my own team, that there's a very much a focus on here and now and what we need for today and tomorrow and, and probably less so about, about about the future. So I think there is a need. We, we offer some services here to for, for people to talk to, uh, not not necessarily financial advisors, but more yep. mm-hmm. on, on day-to-day management, how to manage your you know your current situation and, and how to you know, better plan your finances going forward. I think that that is important for, um, for for staff members to know and understand and plan for the future. So, um, yeah, we do we we are aware of it, and we do try to provide some services and support to, to help our colleagues through those uh, through those times. That's good. I mean, yeah, because yeah, our, our, we're very keen to sort of promote our damn community hub. That's a free service. Yeah, basically is yeah. as you say there to give sort of information and guidance as to what's important. Because as you rightly say, whilst uh, our stock stock Stocking trades very much pensions and sort of group risk. It's very much um, on the agenda with the financial crisis and mortgages and cost of living and people's interest right. rates going up. How important it is, and I, and I guess what we're finding is that one of the biggest challenges is that you know financial, you know, getting yourself into debt and those sort of financial issues leads to mental instability and ultimately that, that can then lead to the mental health um, issues. So we think financial well-being understandably is so important um, overall in, in the in the circle of things. So coming towards the end, I mean, I know at the beginning I said you had too many awards and accolades to go through them individually, but I, I really cannot finish the podcast without mentioning one, uh, you know, the outstanding contribution to the industry at the Institute of Hospitality. So many congratulations. What does this recognition mean personally to you? And if you had to choose one contribution that all our listeners could do to enhance the hospitality industry, would you be able to share that with us? Yeah, I know that's I mean, putting you on the spot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no, no, I thought, well, you're absolutely right, Percy. I was uh, delighted and very honoured and very surprised uh, to receive that. There's so many great examples of good work being done up and down the country. So uh, we are very, very happy to receive that uh, about a month or so ago. So delighted to get that. I, I, I think it. Um, although they don't say in so many words, but they refer to uh, the work that I'm doing with um, education at the moment. So, um, and, and that's a you know, big part of my work for the last few years. So, so we talked quite a bit about in the beginning of the podcast here about the school's work, which is very important to me. But uh, 
equally as important as the other bits that I do. And I'm very much trying to join the dots in these. So we do a lot of work with colleges and trying to get college uh, college students learning a lot more about the industry by doing practical parts. So we're doing a lot of work on uh, their placements, the quality of the placements, uh, where they go to, the variety of experience they get. And so we're doing a lot of that. And then with university, we're running an extremely successful mentorship program, which we've been doing uh, probably seventh year now, uh, where they mentor, so the final year students mentor with the general manager, and they're getting information about uh, A, their course, B, for dissertation, C, for career opportunities. Uh, and some of them stay within the hotels, they're having the mentorship program uh, once they're finished. Um, but we're trying to, we're working on that too. So we're trying to get uh, great work with schools, colleges, and universities. So to join the dots, you know, what would be lovely for us to see in years to come is that 14, 15, 16 year old who came to a hotel and got some interesting experience doing a bed making competition, for example, ends up being general manager of Four Seasons or a Peninsula Hotel later down the line, having gone through a great experience at the hotels, great experience at colleges, fantastic university program, including a mentorship program. Uh, done a graduate program afterwards and end up being a general manager of one of the great hotels. Uh, I think that's, you know, that's probably what we're looking for. Not every general manager, of course, but that would be epitome, the cream on the cake, I guess, of what you're doing. And along the way, hopefully we'll get lots more people interested in, in the industry. So, yeah, I think I think that contribution um, award was down to the education bit that I do. And that was the bit that I valued the most, I think. It's, uh, it's the bit that I've spent most time on, the bit I could see the most opportunity. And, you know, whilst we try to do Little bits, as we've discussed already, about trying to attract other parts of the community into the industry. I think the biggest single opportunity is getting uh, people at school age to realize there's a great career. And if you can do this by the thousands rather than by uh, a couple of hundred, I think you know, there's a good chance of us tackling the recruitment challenges we have for, for the long-term future. Well, excellent. Well, here, here to that. And uh, thank you, Adrian, for sharing your personal thoughts and insights in this podcast a really fascinating insight into the industry and your journey. So listeners, thanks for tuning in again. Be kind to one another and here's to your tomorrow. Be seeing you. Thank you for tuning in to the Damn Good Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us reach more ears. If you want to hear more from the Damn Good Podcast, you can listen to Serious One Now, which is available at our website at www.damngoodpensions.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you'd like us to put a question to one of our esteemed guests, please do not hesitate to get in touch. Until the next time, here's to your tomorrow.